3: This is Bear Sheldon Neely and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show.
2: Back to my room in the life of a Till you come
5: back to me That's the way it will be Every day
3: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour plays um, Kyle Flint, a Secret Service agent on uh, Tyler Perry's uh, political drama series, The Oval, on BET. Uh, He's been in a lot of other stuff, too, just uh, recently... um, the Discovery Channel's first ever shark competitive docu-series, Shark Academy. Um, His name is uh, Brad Benedict, and he joins me by phone from Hollywood. Hi, Brad. Welcome to the show.
6: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, fun to listen to the introduction, and already just the memories start flowing back so much. well, some of these fun projects—you've
3: got Shark Academy, and and then you're a Secret Service agent uh, in the Oval, um, which is kind of a primetime soap opera about the the White House. Um, do you just like being around sharks?
6: <laughs> yeah, the, shark, the My shark obsession. Yeah, I guess I'm in that that political shark world, and and literally swimming with the sharks. I mean, my my. Real life obsession with sharks became, it came when I was really young. My family goes to this, uh, we go to Hilton head, South Carolina. That's our our beach getaway that we go basically since I, you know, every year since I was a kid. And I caught my first tiny little baby shark surf fishing and, you know, oh, six wow. incher, uh, when I was just probably six years old. And, and I think as a little boy, when you see one of these, these mythological apex predators, um, you kind of it just develops this fascination and then uh, as I'd grown up or as I grew up on the beach that became my kind of thing every year at the family vacation I'd catch a bigger and bigger shark and uh, you know I was catching six footers off the beach and wrestling them and tossing them back and and uh, you know my, my desires with that actually have changed a bit after I did shark academy and I've always been a lover of the animal, but I, I learned so much. And even just that kind of shock of being caught and thrown back in with sharks specifically, their stress hormones, it can, uh, it doesn't always end up well for them. So now, um, I, I just have a lot more of a desire to help the conservation effort, whether that's tagging, if I'm going to do any surf fishing, tagging these sharks and kind of get updating the records in the fisheries or, or things like that. But, uh, but, yeah, my, my, my shark obsession is, is grows deeper every day. And, and now I realize that, honestly, the kind of cause that I want to move towards for humans is saving the sharks because our oceans, obviously, are, are so immensely important. And uh, if you take out the apex predator uh, like a shark, it, it carries down. Ultimately, you know, we lose our phytoplankton, which pr- produces fifty percent of our breathing oxygen, um, then we're in real trouble. So so it's a real issue, eighty to ninety percent. I didn't even expect to go on this long uh, <laughs> speech here, but I, I do want to, you know, just start with that. Eighty to ninety percent um, of the shark populations of the world are already wiped out. You know, a lot of that's long lining and finning and, and just kind of bycatch um, and over a hundred million sharks a year. So there's already a lot of negative uh, repercussions that we're seeing from, from the decimation of sharks. And, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, jaws, the, the, the first blockbuster, um, you know, that, that ultimately had a negative impact on, on the animal. And, uh, so it's something they're still kind of having to, to fight back and get straight, but yeah.
3: Okay. Well, bef- I think before <laughs> before we went on the air, we were talking about your your one bedroom apartment and how you pace around when you talk on the phone, and and you were you know thinking you needed uh, more space. How many times have you said in that apartment, Brad? We need to get a bigger boat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh,
6: yeah, I think I I literally I think I literally quoted that uh, like. Three days ago, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been in this in this same one bedroom apartment for I think September fifteenth. I hit, I believe will be nine years, and and I don't know, if, you know, everybody's familiar with rent control who don't live in cities, but uh, sometimes you get lucky and just the, the city ordinances or, or the I don't even know what what did, causes it anyway. So I've I rent control, so they can't up my rent like crazy, and so I'm paying this tiny little uh, tiny little monthly payments and uh but i'm ready to move man i am i'm I live in here with uh my beautiful girlfriend and our cat but one one little space gets to be a lot with not no not very much sunlight you know this was my starter place so i think i'm ready to graduate to a big boy house now where did you grow up Brad? grew up in norcross georgia so it's about 20 miles north of atlanta and spent every christmas in the, in the same living room and uh, I still spend every Christmas in, in with my family in Georgia but uh, they they recently moved out of our family home like five years ago to, up to the lake um, Lake Lanier which is the closest big lake community to Atlanta um, but yeah Southern boy went to the University of Georgia studied finance there actually and I played on the tennis team and we, we were at 2007 NCAA champions so tennis is a, a huge part of my life as well that was kind of my Childhood sharks and tennis, um, Fred,
3: I have to ask and, you: you actually studied finance, and you still became an actor? <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh, yeah, it was. Uh, believe me, it was a crazy time in my life. So I, I was. I studied finance because you know, like a lot of kids, I didn't. I had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to do. I always loved nature. I always loved performing. Um, well, you I had play guitar angle. too? I I played guitar. That yeah, that was a that's a skill that I'm still developing. I actually have a a a charity or a kind of a benefit gig in Electra, Texas. In two weeks we're raising money for a hundred year old theater, so I've been brushing up on my music. Did you did you do garage bands and
3: all that stuff coming up?
6: Yeah, so I I played with that a little bit, but in two thousand let's see, I moved to LA in two thousand eight and I think it was the end of two thousand eight. I was doing one of my first movies it was it was actually a, a cute little Christian film called Letters to God and um, and I got a small role in it and then I re- I saw that this this movie was doing a competition for songwriters and if your song won that it, it would get placed in the movie as part of the soundtrack and I had never written a song before but I had you know I'd scratched some ideas down I'd never recorded certainly and I just wish I had that kind of oomph that uh that I had when I was a kid telling this story you know back at 23 because I just said hey I'm gonna go figure out a way and I asked a friend and they asked a friend and I got set up with this young producer who's one of my best friends still today and the next thing you know I had a produced song for this movie and it, it didn't end up winning but that turned me you know turned a page in my life and I ended up I think that year we recorded like 12 tracks and, and I've never released any of it or, or anything like that, but it was just uh, really cool to see how you just make one kind of crazy decision. I'm going to go for it and you finish your project all the way through and then good things happen. And that's always been kind of how it's worked for me is if I need a boost in my career or life, like first fitness and nutrition are, are, are huge for my just day to day headspace. Um, but finishing a, a, a tough commitment always, it's crazy, it's it just, it, I don't know what energy is out there, or how it's all connected, but when I put my, my mind to something and I finish, uh, it usually within a couple weeks, something kind of career life-changing seems to pop up, and I don't know if that's because when you carry yourself with that, um, you know, that confidence and pride, and, and you're putting in the work, if it just slowly translates, you, your auditions get a little stronger, or your energy is better, or if it's Something more that, uh, you know, the gift of the heavens, I don't know, but it's it's a great lesson in just saying yes, uh, being a, a bit of a yes man, and then a finisher. That's the number one thing in L.A. If you're a finisher, you can find your way into the business. More with
3: actor Brad Benedict from The Oval, straight ahead.
2: Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
5: Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection.
3: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval straight ahead. The show, The Oval, is, uh, is it in its second season or third season?
6: So our season two finale is coming up on this Tuesday at 9 p.m., on um, BET and uh, yeah, so we we've shot our our third season already. We shot season two was the f- second show I think in the world to come back after the you know, during the pandemic. We shot last August, I believe. Do you know offhand um, so what
3: the first one was?
6: What the first one show was?
3: Yeah, to come back after everything well, shut down for it, the it, pandemic.
6: It, I believe you know, and it's a big world out there, but I believe. Tyler Perry's other show, Sistas, which is, we we always kind of shoot um, right before or after them, so he has another show, Sistas, that premiered the same night that we did, or same week, rather, and uh, they shot just before us, and then we went in and to the bubble at, right after them, so uh, there might be some other ones out there, but he kind of created the model, I know, for a lot of the Hollywood um, studios out here, just with his testing. That's one of the things I love about Tyler Perry so much. He's He's become a friend over the years. that is my fourth project I'm working on with him right now, but um, but he's an innovator and a go-getter. And when people say something can't be done, that's his trigger to go and figure out a way to get it done. And I think he did that last year, and he kept us all at work, which was amazing. We had oh, almost I think we had 377, maybe almost 400 people in the bubble. So he built like a little motel essentially on this air on the military base, which is now his studio. And I actually, with the other actors, we got to sleep in quarters like, um, uh, for officers. And it just so happens that in the 1970s, my grandfather was living, lived in a house two doors down really? from where I was staying. Yeah. Uh, cause my grandfather was a two star general in the army and, uh, and, yeah, it was wild. So my dad came after season two, I think, and was able to go through the house with me where his dad lived uh, some 40 years ago. So pretty special. And, uh, yeah, just wow, I, I try to learn from That's that. an
3: amazing, uh, amazing coincidence or small world thing or, or something. I, I was going to ask about your connection to Tyler Perry, if that was a Georgia thing.
6: Sort of, yeah. So I, I got reps, rip, you know, agents out in Atlanta. I don't know, probably seven years ago, maybe. I I had moved out from Atlanta to Los Angeles to get into the business right after I graduated college in 2008, and um, and then Atlanta started to kind of turn on right as I left. And ultimately it was a great decision for me to come to LA, just the relationships and and also being off on my own and kind of having to survive. I think is really underrated, but, um, I was able through my, my manager to get connected with a, an agent in, um, Atlanta. And so I would do these self tapes for years, sending them to the Atlanta market to just try and get any, you know, any job I could. And, um, I would never hear anything. It was just like, you felt like you were sending these tapes into oblivion. And now the whole business has kind of shifted to self tapes because of, of, you know, the world and everything. But anyway, so I uh, had an audition come in. I was literally at a rehearsal with friends for my class, which was, you know, trying to get better to get a job. And I had this audition for Tyler Perry and I, and it was a rugged trucker and, the role, I just like, I, I didn't feel like that guy, you know, I don't see myself as this rugged trucker guy. And so I was going to pass on it and they, they had me say the uh, words out loud and it just kind of flowed out of my mouth. So I said, all right, all right, I'm going to go get it done. It was a long late night and I just, <laughs> you know, taped, taped it and that literally changed my entire life hun you know, it, it was everything um, that relationship with Tyler has been, Immense for for my career, my life, and and so. It's
3: Brad, just I can't wild believe how you, things work. I can't believe you wrestled sharks, but didn't think
6: you could play a truck driver. <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was. I mean, I guess maybe that's the thing. Sharks make me feel maybe they they toughen me up or something. Um, yeah, it's, uh it, it, you just get so jaded. Um, I don't know if that's the best word, but when this business will beat you down and i see how it, it is a long game in a lot of ways and it was 8 years of tough work before i got my first opportunity to be on you know a series regular role when on it, the show called too close to home
3: oh yeah yeah right and um well and and also uh you were in um the thriller broken halos and yeah, you so that, that on, was a i was i ahead. was going to also uh you were in the rom-com uh, Love on the Rise, and you did yeah. NCIS and Glee.
6: Yeah, yeah so there's, a, I got to do a lot of fun TV shows when I was first coming up and trying to get, get some resume builders, and so I did a lot of fun shows that I remember. I think one of my first little one-line speaking roles was on 90210, and it was a remake of a 90s show, 90210, which my big brothers and sisters would watch and my parents didn't want me to, cause it was too risque for them, but it was so much fun to come out to Hollywood and get to, you know, get to, get to be on that show, um, in the new, you know, the new edition of that. And, uh, I think I did probably, I don't know, close to 20 shows where I did just a one episode, um, guest star. And so it was kind of cool to go from that. And kind of, you get to a point where you think this is, this is the best I got, like, how am I going to make that jump to where somebody's going to trust me to really, really do this, to really kind of be a part of, of an actual show, and uh, The Oval is an ensemble cast, which is, is great, um, but it's Yeah, I want cool to ask you about that. When,
3: when did that show originally premiere? Um, because you said it was one of the first shows to come back uh, or to start yeah. shooting, after everything shut down because of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and and I, I uh-huh. want to find out when all that came together, and and I want you to talk a little bit more about this this bubble idea. Um, how how secure yeah. was it? What did um, how was it set up? I mean, obviously, it sounds like because you had access to this uh, military base that yeah. you could close everybody off, but. But did you have to be tested for COVID? Did you have to take the vaccine when it became available and all that to, to continue to be part of the sure. ensemble cast?
6: Yeah, so as far as like the vaccine part, um, season two, there was still no option at all for that. And season three, we shot, it was very early this year. So that was just becoming a reality as well. So no, nobody was required. But uh, we'll see. I know a lot of productions now. When you when you audition there, they have a requirement for um, most most of the staff members. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember the exact terminology, but a lot of productions are going to to require it. Was you have the like whole a, cast
3: a, was the whole cast and crew, Brad, then uh, basically quarantined?
6: Yeah. So it was. I, I kind of loved it, to be honest. Just the circumstances weren't great but the it felt like we all called it kind of like camp it felt like big yeah. you know grown up camp so uh the second one we'll say I just cuz it's the more fun we uh he well I got okay first bubble that we did uh summer of 2020 um so we had gone to to Atlanta everybody had flown in from wherever they were new york la miami and we were going to get ready to shoot season two, and I think it was March 9th that I flew to Atlanta, and then I believe it was like March 15th, two days before we, or, or 14th maybe, uh, before we were going to start production that uh, the world kind of really, really, really shut down. and Yeah, because that,
3: that was right about the time when New York was just inundated with cases and Uh, You know, the whole country started
6: closing. Exactly.
3: Um, And and that was, um, now, was that season one or season two? No, that
6: was season two. Season one, we we shot, um, I believe it was May, I I think, of of 2019. Okay. I had 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 a, a pretty tough time, actually, after... My first series, Too Close to Home, ended. I, I thought that was going to be kind of that job that I had for five, six years. And and uh, we had really good ratings, but we were on a network TLC that's only done um, unscripted stuff. And so it, it just didn't end up, I don't know what, what happened behind the scenes, but that didn't work out. So I had about a year and a half where it like, really didn't work. Brad,
3: it sounds like maybe it just wasn't a good fit for that network and vice versa. I think
6: that's what I'm saying. I think that that had something to do with it. Just, just the, it was a little bit of an experiment with that part. And so, um, some, some aspect of that experiment didn't work out. And I still have, you know, fans still write, uh, somebody made a post daily trying to get a, get the show back or at least do like a two hour movie to wrap everything up. But, um, but yeah, so just, uh, went, uh, from there, a, a tough, a tough little time of it um and I actually like thought I was gonna get out of the business because a year goes by it can really mess with your head when you you, you're at the highest of highs and then just uh, you're in a different level at that point you know so then jobs it's just a whole new game and so I picked up a financial planning job uh thinking I was gonna go back to my finance roots and just have something safe and uh It wasn't meant to be. I I remember my, it was my, my birthday. I was with my family actually in Hilton had the place I talked about. And that day I said, I'm going to, I'm going to recommit. Like I'm going to have to go and tell these guys this, you know, that this financial planning thing is not going to work out. And even though, you know, I, I worked almost 10 years to get to this point, like you lost your job. Now you go find another one. It was within four days of that Mental, true mental decision, and that commitment to recommitting. That I got a, a call out of nowhere from Tyler for our second project. I did a six-episode guest star arc on a show called "If Loving You's Wrong" of his. But that kind of set everything back into motion, and uh, that was the, at the end of 2018. And then I got a random call, uh, a direct offer for for Love on the Rise, which you had referenced, a uh, rom com. Yeah and um and while shooting that they the producers had a movie that psychological thriller broken halos which was starting a week after the rom-com and this was in in uh myrtle beach south carolina where they were shooting and so they decided that they wanted to cast me as the lead in broken halos so i went from doing the second lead in in uh love on the rise which was my biggest movie uh kind of acting job to date uh as far as carrying the movie uh then i went on to be the number one guy in broken halos and in that experience i think when you are finally forced to be on stage you know you have the production kind of relies on you and your performance to a degree it changes you Uh, it's not about oh it's about the huge project that everybody's gonna see or or the most expensive budget but just getting to feel that energy of being the man uh, it shifts something and so I, I finished those two movies and just really felt like I had taken a step forward as an actor and as a professional and 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 then I was sitting at the gym you know I liked to go to the gym and read at the smoothie bar before my workouts uh, when you could do that and uh, I got a <laughs> random text from from Tyler and uh, he told me he was writing a new show, The Oval, and and that he had this this role, this uh, sexy, sadistic kind of crazy former marine turned secret service agent to the president. And um, you know, I still had to audition, but that that's when The Oval started. That was probably March of 2019, and then within a couple months, we shot the the whole first season, 25 episodes, all in one one bang and and we've been marching on ever since so yeah we have season three in the can and uh and hopefully we'll do 10 more because it's a unique show we shoot at like lightning speed um that's part of tyler's thing is he's he's developed this way of shooting that um, especially with the soap opera nature of our you know and the kind of the -the over-the-top nature of our show uh we can get a lot done in a in a short amount of time so so within within a month you're shooting your whole season and then you can go back and go back and start auditioning for other shows. So I know some people who are able to be leads in, in one of his shows and, and a whole nother production all together and, and make it work. So it's pretty cool.
3: Is, th- is that really a lot more possible now that there are a lots of, uh, streaming choices, and mm-hmm. and lots of cable choices for getting shows aired, and and also a a bigger audience that's likely to camp out for for a cable series or a streaming series.
6: I think so, totally. Um, when I was kind of getting into the acting business, I thought maybe I was getting in at a time where. it it, it was it wasn't so good for the actor um wasn't sure what you know what was going to happen with the the movie business in general and all that but but i think with house of cards the show house of cards it was a tyler or not tyler uh kevin spacey yeah show on netflix and it was the first show to just dump all the episodes at once streaming style and that that just absolutely transformed the entire world um and so there's so many opportunities for actors. So I, I do think it helps, but uh, you know it's still hard to get a job, even with with the amount of jobs out there. There's a lot of competition, and and they're still looking for the best that they can find. But um, I I do like that there's there's work in five minute formats, doing sketch comedy to you know epic movies. So there's a and and with the digital age it's a lot easier for young filmmakers uh or people who don't have that crazy budget to go and make their own stuff and uh, i've done a little bit of that myself and nothing that was sold or 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 even meant to be sold but just getting out there and working with friends being creative and finishing something like i referred to earlier um was just some of the best lessons i've had and uh, for instance when we, we 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 shot our own web series and Fe- Feature-length web series, so hundred or like shooting a, a full film, and uh, we interviewed people like line producers, and I had no idea what a line producer did at that time. We're sitting there in an interview, and I'm just kind of trying to fake it till I make it, <laughs> and it was amazing how simply knowing what everybody's purpose was, you know, what the editor has to do, what the line producer has to do, what the first AD has to do, somehow makes you better at your craft within that machine and I became a better actor from just making the project and I I think it's kind of obvious like it makes sense that that would be the case but uh, sometimes it's hard to understand how uh, just learning you know what the point of that person is can make me better at my job so I, I encourage as many people especially if they're aspiring actors or just anybody who needs to be creative, like, get out there. It's possible now to, to make things, uh, especially movies and films that, that weren't impossible before when you were paying for film and crazy camera prices and stuff like that.
3: My guest is uh, actor Brad Benedict, who plays Kyle Flint in the uh, Tyler Perry political drama series The Oval. Tuesdays at, is it still Tuesdays at nine 9 p.m.? eastern tuesdays at 9 p.m yes sir on uh, bet and uh, brad um i i I don't want to make this all about tyler perry but does he just bust into medea when you're hanging out with him
6: (laughs) i get that question i get that question a lot and uh I I one time uh some of the crew members for his birthday all came in with wigs on and, and kinda teasing <laughs> him, but uh he all come he in and say hello <laughs> Yeah, hello he, he, uh, he doesn't show up to our sets like that yet. We all are waiting for that to happen, but I did hear hilarious stories about when he's shooting Medea because he's directing those films as well. So uh, he's forced to be in his hair and makeup in his big costume while he's being Tyler directing. And then he goes straight into the character and uh, people just say it's it's just some of the, the most fun they've ever had on set shooting those movies. So hopefully I get a chance to see it someday.
3: So uh, with the Oval, um, the uh, third season yes. will start when?
6: That is... Uh, question I do not have the answer to, but, um, you said the the finale, so the, the
3: season Season finale is coming up Tuesday.
6: Yes. Season finale, uh, season two finale is coming up Tuesday and, uh, we have already shot all of season three, but we, we haven't been told when that's going to start airing yet, but I imagine, I would imagine it'll be before the end of the year. And, uh, hopefully we'll be getting back to work before too long with season four because, uh. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do this as long as they keep calling us back. It's just a blast. It's a lot of fun.
3: More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval. Straight ahead.
1: Wash my hands. I don't touch my face. At home, shelter in place, social distance, don't go to work. I wear a mask and gloves, to stay away from church. I avoid home folks, and should I sneeze? My elbow or up my sleeve Six feet apart That is the room And I pray for the day The kids can go back to school I'm washing my hands Like a raccoon with O.C.D. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors and I'm sick of what I see. Two more weeks of quarantine will be the death of me. The death of me. me. I risk a trip store to buy a teepee and a few things more but when I get there all I can find is sixteen honey buns and some mad dog wine I'm washing my hands Like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors, cause I'm sick of what I see. Yeah, two more weeks of this quarantine's gonna be the death of me. They say this is war, but we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Porkchop Hill, we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. I'd rather volunteer for a high-risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fella that ordered that bad soup. I know, I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. What slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized. <laughs> Soon as I regained consciousness. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now and now, and now too, and even
4: now.
2: Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other
5: Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported.
3: The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. More with actor Brad Benedict from The Oval straight ahead. now I, I don't have access to be able to stream and catch up like I had hoped, but I have seen, um, I think, three episodes or something, and it really is a fun show, and I'm looking forward to binging it when I can get it in the right place. Um, but Appreciate uh, that. But I'm... I'm you know rooting for you that this is one of those things that runs for seven eight ten seasons um but what other things do you have going um uh, brad what what else is in the works for brad benedict
6: uh well we talked about obviously the the shark stuff a little bit earlier and, and for anybody listening if they want to check it out the first series for shark week um, it was always a dream of mine to be on Shark Week, and and I and I lived on a boat in the Bahamas last November, December for two months, and competed for a spot on a on a shark research team, and uh, that's streaming six episodes on Discovery Plus. If anybody wants to check it out, called Shark Academy. Um, you know, so I I do. I'm planning on getting into some classes just for myself, uh, marine biology or. Uh, fisheries classes or something just to kind of slowly expand that I want to get in my master diver accreditation uh, for scuba diving. So that's, that's just another personal project that I want to accomplish. And I don't know where it'll take me, but I think it takes a hundred dives and a few certs. And so that's, that's something that's on the list, but uh, yeah, so I'm at the, uh, I'm, I'm waiting you know, or, or auditioning for the next job. I, I shot my favorite or my biggest film uh, that I've ever done in, in my favorite script, I think, of any feature uh, called A Jazz Man's Blues. And I shot that right after we shot season three of The Oval. I think it was April, May to into the early parts of June, or maybe I got that slightly wrong, uh, May, June, July. And that's another film, a uh, Tyler Perry film, that'll be dropping straight to Netflix. But this thing is special. It's, uh, it's, it's That's first script that it. Tyler
3: Perry ever wrote
6: yeah that's that's what they say um, and it seems like it was his absolute baby because I've never seen Tyler act the way he was when he was directing this film He was just so giddy I, I, you know every night he he would want to you know get excited about what we shot that day and share some clips and um, it was just really cool to, to see him his interest peaked again he even said like it's tough to get him excited now. He's, he's seen so much and done so much, and he was truly excited. It's a movie. I play uh, a sheriff in the 1940s, and uh, the movie is set in the 40s and the 80s, and it's kind of a love story w- with a murder mystery built in, and, and definitely it covers kind of some of the social uh, social traumas and, and difficulties of the time. And, um, it's really exciting. A jazz man's blues. And then that, that jazz kind of, uh, what's the, the word for it? the, the, the jazz music is a character in the movie as well. And I always love that where there's a location or part of the movie that feels like it's, it's living with it. And, uh, so i I cannot wait for that one to come out. So got that going on. Um, and beyond that, I'm not really sure. I got a got a, a a personal trip coming up to see my family in October, and I'm just that that's always gets me refreshed. And there's been rumblings that we might shoot the the Oval at the end of this year, and so I'm just waiting for that call and uh, trying to get out and in nature as much as possible. I got a birthday coming up this weekend. I'm going to Joshua Tree with some friends just to take in the stars, have a campfire, and. Celebrate another year on this earth. It was a good one, and um, yeah, just kind of excited to see what what's coming up next.
3: Well, Brad, I really appreciate you spending this time with me, and um, and I wish you uh, all the best luck with the Oval and and everything else. And. While you're out camping, I hope you don't get eaten by a bear. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, Brad, I, I, it's, it, we're just pretty much out of time, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, again, uh, Brad Benedict plays Kyle Flint on the uh, political drama series The Oval. Um, do you have a website?
6: Brad, i don't have a personal website which is probably crazy in this day and age but uh I'm working on that but I, I do uh like to communicate or, or reach out to fans on on instagram that's probably the best place um at brad benedict i'm just just my name is my handle and um and yeah usually i'll, I'll post updates there or, or if you have a, a dm that that i can respond to i'll do that as well so get in touch and tell me what you want to see me doing next and i'll make it happen all right
3: well brad (laughs) thanks uh thanks again and keep up the good work
6: absolutely it was a pleasure tom thank you all right take care
3: once again uh brad benedict who plays um kyle flint in the uh, bet political drama series. The Oval. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program.
1: Hail to the chief, he's the chief, and he needs hailing. He is the chief, so everybody hail like crazy. Hail to, that's more or less.
4: Hail to the chief, if you don't, I'll have to kill you. I am the chief, so you better watch your step...
1: The Tom Sumner.
2: Show. Oh, yeah.
3: Well that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. What a what a great show today. I, I was hoping to, to squeeze in a conversation about the uh, California governor recall with uh, San Francisco based uh, political analyst Ben Kaplan that didn't come through but uh, eh, perhaps we'll we'll get him scheduled on a on a future date but I want to say thanks to all the guests today um and, and I want to avoid saying especially because they were all great um, thanks to uh, actor Brad Benedict, who plays Secret Service agent Kyle Flint in the Tyler Perry B.E.T. political drama series The Oval. And um, we spent the last hour talking with Brad. He wrestles sharks and stuff, too, in, I, I guess inside and outside the White House. But um, I want to say thanks also to Arthur Levine who is the co-author of The Great Upheaval, Higher Education's Past, Present, and Uncertain Future. He was with us uh, during the second hour, he's a uh, distinguished scholar of higher education at uh, New York University and uh, an uh, expert on colleges and the various phases they're going through. Interesting book, to be sure, as things are definitely changing. And what a delightful conversation the first hour of the show today with uh, Meg Nassarow. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or not. She uh, is a... uh, former immigration federal prosecutor turned uh, inspirational speaker transformational coach and award-winning author of a new book and we talked quite a bit about the book and what what uh, um, and about her story the book is uh, a memoir it's called butterfly awakens a memoir of transformation through grief and uh, I- interesting uh, tale of uh, going to northern Spain to find a uh, particular lighthouse that that sort of came to her in a vision I guess you would say but uh, let's see again that wraps it up there and George tell me it's time to head on down the hall to the living room but uh, we'll be back tomorrow we're going to talk with um, God, we've got some good stuff on tomorrow too uh, Paul Sexton uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour talking about prints through memories and memorabilia in a new book. Um, films First Family, The Untold Story of the Costellos by uh, author um, Terry Shulman and, and lots more. Good night, Singer everybody.
0: It's a live variety show.